Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Edition of the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined by the Batman to my Robin. How are you, Greg? Good evening, yes, I'm good, thank you. That's a lovely intro. I have to work on my intros a wee bit. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get started this week, just a wee word for anyone who's maybe looking for the Belarusian podcast this week. There is no Belarusian football at the moment, Um, so we're relying on our Norwegian football podcast and, of course, Scottish football to fly the flag for us this weekend. Yeah, really disappointing, obviously. We've enjoyed a really terrific three or four months in Belarus. I think, like you mentioned on last night's Norwegian podcast, um, quite a lot of things going on in Belarus at the moment, politically. Uh, but hopefully, though, that will pass and we'll see a return to, I think, match day 22, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Lost count, if I'm being honest. I'm glad you came <laughs> Yeah, um, 22. So this is our 98th podcast. I must admit, I'm as nervous tonight as I was at the first because we've got a bona fide broadcaster, anchorman, household name and a legend of the Scottish football scene on our podcast. He is the former host of Scotsport, Sistanta Sports, ESPN. He's usually popular Radio Clyde Super Scoreboard and one of the most recognisable characters in the Scottish game. It's Jim Delahunt. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Gentlemen, good evening and thank you very much for inviting me on. Delighted to be here and I am so glad that Belarusian football isn't on the <laughs> Yeah, how's your pronunciation of those Belarusian players? Because um, Greg's just about got it down to a T now, I think. Oh, I don't know about that. It's been a real struggle. <laughs> well, between that and Norwegian football, you're doing okay. So anyway, Jim... I guess most people who are listening to the podcast will know who you are. Um, I'll save you the embarrassment of introducing yourself just to say to people who maybe don't know you, you're a former amateur jockey. Um, you know, I yeah. think, you think know a thing or two about racing as well. You were crowned the Racing Post's champion Naps tipster in 2018, which is some going. Um, and nowadays, you'll be found hosting and comparing uh, across Scotland's leading race courses at some of the biggest meetings, as well as obviously bashing the bookies every week and every weekend in your football column in the, the Scottish Sun as well. Yeah, uh, the, the the racing is, is a big part of my life. It has been for a long time. Um, I, I got involved with horses very, very young. Uh, my father asked me to take my twin sisters for horse riding lessons when I was 16 and they were nine. And uh, we went for a couple of weeks and both of them chucked it. I kept going and I uh, last rode a horse in anger when I was 41. So I kept going for 25 years. Um, initially, I was just riding ponies and stuff. And uh, I did a bit of show jumping cross country. Uh, and then in my 30s, uh, I was down at Linda Perrett's yard doing a, doing a film for television. And she'd heard through the grapevine that I used to ride and asked me if I wanted to ride out. So I came down a couple of days later. And I left eight years later. I, I used to go down there Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, uh, before work, three horses every morning. Um, rode work on the gallops down at Air Racecourse for seven or eight years. And the, the reward when you're an amateur jockey is you get an occasional ride on the racecourse. And uh, I was lucky enough to get 13, uh, unlucky 13 <laughs> rides over the years. And uh, without winning, I managed a couple of places, but it was superb experience. And met a lot of people and rode a lot of horses. I, I was counting the other day and I reckoned I've I, I probably ridden about 180 to 200 different racehorses over the years. Wow. So it's, uh, it's it's good experience and it has stood me in good stead over the years in terms of my work. I was going to say that must stand you in good stead when it comes to, you know, obviously very experienced, very successful horse racing tipster. And I guess you've got a nice little black book as well. Well, I like, I like to think so, although what I would say, and, and a lot of my recent friends know this, I never go looking for tips. I mean, I mm-hmm. never never ask jockeys, jockeys or trainers for tips. I never phone them up, look and see how horses are. I'm in a syndicate at the moment with Mark Johnson down in the middle of and uh, we had three horses a couple of years ago with two winners. We've got three horses for this year. Uh, none of them have run yet, but one of them is due to run on Saturday. But I, I wouldn't ask Mark whether it's going to win or not, because I know it's a, it's a lovely, well-bred filly. It'll be fit as a fiddle, and, yeah. and just, we'll just see how we get on. Thankfully, there's only six runners. Doncaster Saturday. Coupe de Champagne's her name. Um, she's very nicely bred by the 2000 Guineas winner, Glen Eagles. Uh, it didn't cost a lot of money. There's 20 of us in the syndicate. 
And uh, if we can get a couple of winners this year, we'll be we'll be doing well and very grateful. Okay, I've got that one written down already. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for that. So before we move on to the tips, just a wee bit more, if you don't mind, about your background in terms yep. of the broadcasting as well. How did you get into that? Was that as a result of the horse racing or was that something completely different? Indirectly, because way back when I was a student, back in 1982, uh, I got my first break in journalism, which was on the old Sunday Standard newspaper. Uh, Richard Pittman was the racing correspondent and the editor, a guy called Charlie Wilson, who went on to edit the old Sporting Life and the, and the, the, the Times in London. Um, he spotted a letter I'd had published and he invited me up and I got a tipster's job on the Sunday Standard. Uh, that was way back in 1982. And in terms in term of, we'll come to the broadcasting in a minute, but in terms of my writing about horse racing, I have been in continuous print every week, every month since 1982, either in a daily, a weekly or a monthly publication. I haven't missed a beat. So uh, currently with the Scottish Sun, I've been with the Scottish Sun for the last 10 years. Uh, but in terms of you're asking me how the broadcasting came about, I, I, I did a bit of writing for the for the Standard. I worked for the Scottish Farmer magazine uh, and then I went into, finished my degree, of course, did a BA in business studies. And I went into broadcasting uh, from a local newspaper. I worked for the Kilmarnock Free Press and I went into broadcasting with West Sound Radio. Yep. Uh, and I went back into newspapers and I went back into radio with Radio Clyde first time around as a news reporter, uh, covered a lot of big stories. I was down in Lockerbie the night the plane came down, um, wow. which wow. I've written about in a book. It's probably too long a story for this, <laughs> but um, moved on from Radio Clyde to STV, I think. And I was eight years with Scotland Today, eight years with Scotsport. Uh, I did three years with Satanta. Uh, they still owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> they seriously do. Uh, and then I did five years with Radio Clyde. So, and since then, I've been I've been doing a bit with uh, ESPN, a little bit with Talksport in London. And uh, in terms of print journalism, I'm delighted to say I've had a really good ten years with the Scottish Sun. Yeah, and as most football fans in Scotland will know, you're a very familiar face and a very familiar voice on the Scottish football scene. You must have covered some of the the biggest games that we've seen in Scotland, certainly some of the, the Champions League nights as well that you that you covered must have been really exciting. Yeah, we, we'd obviously, when I was on Scotsport, it was mostly Rangers in the Champions League, um, if you remember back to the 90s. Uh, it was mostly Rangers. We, we travelled most of Europe with Rangers. Did a few Celtic games as well, but it would be mostly Rangers in Scotland we were travelling with. Uh, I was in Marseille the night Rangers drew there. That would be about 90, 91 or 92, yeah. Remember, um, and we had some great nights with Rangers. I remember being in uh, Athens, the, the qualifier against AEK. Uh, that was a night where <laughs> I was actually uh, a touchline reporter that night, and the Athens fans were chucking everything and anything. <laughs> I can imagine. And put me off. <laughs> and uh, I, I got hit with a, a, a corn husk, you know, <laughs> corn on the cob. Yeah. I got hit with a corn husk, and I then got hit with a, a full water bottle a full plastic water bottle, which I can assure you is very painful when you're <laughs> not expecting it. And uh, I think it was a daily record at the time reported on the front page that I'd been hit by a bottle. And uh, long before we were on the mobile phone to each other morning, noon and night, my poor yep. mother read, read it on the front page of the paper I'd been hit oh, by a bottle and didn't realise I was OK. I had to phone her and let her know I was OK <laughs> once we touched down back in Glasgow. But no, we had some, we had some great times on, on Scotsport and... Uh, I covered a couple of European championships, Sweden 92, I was there for two or three weeks. Uh, we covered the one in England, I was down in, I was based in Birmingham for the 96 tournament. Yep. I, covered a, I think I covered three Rugby World Cups. Um, so yeah, we got around and we covered a lot of big games and uh, yeah, fantastic time. No no complaints whatsoever. And I guess yeah. the key question for me, Jim, is did yeah. you throw that bottle back into the crowd? <laughs> Thankfully I didn't. I didn't <laughs> you know, go alive. In handcuffs, exactly. Well, yeah. One one very last story about that particular yep. night. We were myself and my cameraman, uh, a, a guy I, I now work with uh, on the race course. He's a guy called Tony Webb. Uh, we were we were walking up towards the stadium that night, and uh, the taxi driver had refused to go any closer. He just dumped us about maybe half a mile from the stadium. So we were in among all the all the Athens fans walking towards the stadium. Uh, it was a roasting hot night, so we just had white shirts and jeans on, no ID to say we were Scottish or anything like that. 
and the Rangers team bus came round the corner. Mm. And as the team bus came round the corner, all the guys who were with us started stoning it. So they were stoning <laughs> the Rangers team bus, and as the bus pulled away, all I could see was John Brown looking out the back of the window <laughs> and going, that's Delahunt down there. So we were down there with the Athens fans, and I'm, I'm kind of shaking my hands at him going, don't ID us, don't let them know we're Scottish. So, uh, yeah, might have stopped and gave you a lift. Had some adventures. It's quite a common theme there, isn't it? You throwing stuff at people <laughs> at, at Athens yeah. outside the ground as well. <laughs> seems to be, Greg, seems to be. And I had to check with you earlier that uh, one of the little nuggets that I found out about you on the wonderful world that is the internet is that someone has someone has claimed that you were once Inter Milan's groundsman for a short period. Yeah, and I was <laughs> so disappointed when you told so me it wasn't often. true. I, I mean, I, I don't go into Google or anything like that. <laughs> Um, but I know it's I know it's there somewhere, and uh, goodness knows where it came from. I was never the groundsman at the San Siro. <laughs> Let's just put that one to rest. Uh, so here you are, Jim, the pinnacle yeah. <laughs> of your career so far is the Gambler Podcast, and we're very very pleased to have you on with us. Um, we're going to just have a, a look at this week's fixtures, hopefully throw in some tips. We'll have a wee look back at last week as well. So um, on last week's podcast, Greg, we had a nice winner with Hibs to score and four or more corners, which landed quite nicely as Hibs got off to a flying start to the season. Ah, forget the tips. I'm, I'm enjoying Jim's stories. <laughs> That's yeah, really pleasing. Um, weekend, last weekend, I think obviously Hibs have started the season really, really well. They went to Livingston last week. Now, I think we all know I think we spoke at large how difficult it is to go to the Tony Macaroni Stadium. Um, to win 4 1, some result for Hibs. And they've had a cracking start to the season so far. I think I read they've won their first opening three games in almost 50 years. Yep, yeah, first, best start to the season since Eddie Turnbull's team in 1974 managed it. And I think for the league as well, it's terrific to see somebody up there, not just obviously Celtic. And currently, Rangers are doing obviously well as well this season. So, yeah, really pleased with that market. I think at the moment, I wasn't brave enough to take on Hibs at 9-5. Although, I believe you did, Jim. Yeah, I, I tipped Hibs last week. I've been with them the first two weeks. Uh, I tipped them against Kelly the first week at 11-10. Took them against Libby at 9-5. Um, I, I wasn't in the paper midweek, but I did back them against Dundee United as well. So um, they, they've, they've had an absolutely fantastic start under Jack Ross. Uh, I always suspected they would without being clever about it, um, because I think when, once Jack got his feet under the table, realised what he had, he's a superb coach, uh, really nice guy as well, uh, Jack Ross, a superb football coach. And uh, I think, you know, OK, he's had a fantastic start. We can be clever about it now, but I think they're going to have a very good season and I do feel a bit for Hearts uh, with a Scottish Cup final. Uh, sorry, sorry, tempting fate there. Scottish <laughs> final uh, coming up against Hibs at the end of November. And I, again, I hear today, um, without getting too deep into the politics, that the the Hearts return to training, proper training, may have been delayed again. Uh, plus, of course, they don't play a competitive game now till October. Um, That's a key so, thing from you, Jim. I think yeah, the fact that these yeah. teams in the lower leagues aren't playing any competitive football really yeah. until October. They're going to be miles behind, I believe, or I feel anyway, um, yeah. against the, the Premiership clubs. Yeah, at th- this point in time, Greg, I'd have to agree with you. Um, of course, Hibs could fizzle out, but they have made a magnificent start. And as, as we'll probably hear very shortly, I suspect they might continue that start uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think the signs were there last year for Hibs with Jack Ross at I, th- I think he's a, an excellent manager as well, excellent coach. I think he, Sunderland was always going to be a really tricky move. I don't know if you guys have watched the, the Netflix documentary on Sunderland, but it's a bit of a basket case of a club. Yeah. Um, and I hesitate to say he's almost had to rebuild his reputation. I think his reputation here in Scotland was always pretty strong. And him and Hibs just feel like a really good fit right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what Greg thinks, but I, I would totally agree with that. Absolutely, 100%. And I think from a betting perspective as well, um, those that kind of followed us last year will know Hibs delivered for us weekly winners last season. Um, I think Jack Ross won't be happy to the fact that last season they did ship so many goals at home. I think they were conceding two goals a game at some point um, at home. So he'll be delighted to go to United on Tuesday night just past and to get a clean sheet. Clean sheets are hard to come by for Hibs. They haven't kept many clean sheets at all last season. They haven't kept one this season until Tuesday night. So I think he'll be absolutely ecstatic to, to go to United and grind out a really hard fought 1 0. 
Yeah, my yeah. first on Gogic has been potentially a key signing for them. I like, I've always quite liked him at Hamilton. Um, I think yeah. he he could be crucial for them this season. Yeah, I, I'd be, before we come on, guys, I'd written down three names. Alex Gogic was one. Uh, Kevin Nisbet is the obvious yeah. one. Uh, that obviously looks 250 grand well spent, yeah. uh, and Daryl Horgan is the other one for me. I think I think I mean that I, I haven't been to a game yet this season. I have to admit that, but um, just looking at the highlights, Horgan has, has made a big impression on me anyway. Mm-hmm. He's always a player, Jim, that's excited me. Horgan, he hasn't always started matches. Horgan, he's in and out yeah. of the team, but he's very direct. He's very very quick, and I think he'll create a lot of goals this season for both yeah. Doidge and for Nisbet. OK, I'm sure we'll come on to Hibs in a wee bit more detail. They feature in Saturday's live game, which is on at half five on Sky Sports. Um, just touching on last week as well, it's worth mentioning, Jim, you also tipped Dundee United's win at Motherwell, which was brave, I think. Um, they were 11-5, to five, I think, or yep. thereabouts. I think they were 13-5. to five Were they as big as that? Yeah, yeah, 13-5. to five. I mean, I, I know it was brave, but sometimes when, when you're doing a column like that, you have to be a little bit brave. Um, if if we tipped one to two chances every week, we wouldn't really get anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I always look for a bit of value. And I thought United, new boys, um, I've always been impressed. Uh, I think I said in a tweet the other day, those of those of or maybe I said it in the paper actually, those of us who who have to troll the English lower leagues for bets every week tend to know, <laughs> tend to know who Mickey Mellon is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I I I was expecting plenty when Mickey Mellon got the job at Dundee United, and I haven't been disappointed so far. Um, I I did fancy them to get some kind. Of, I know they were a little bit fortunate in the end, but I did fancy them to get some kind of result at Motherwell. And at thirteen to five, I thought they were worth a punt to win, and and they did just that. Yeah, it was a great shout, Jim. And I think as well, I think a lot of people are buying into Motherwell's form last season. But it's quite interesting. Motherwell's form over the last what I think I read today, thirteen matches between last season and this season, they've only won once. So they, they didn't finish last season off well at all, obviously, in March time, before the season finished. Yeah. And they've come back this season, an opening day defeat at Ross County. Again, difficult place to go to. So I wasn't fancying Motherwell at home to United, and I definitely wasn't fancying them at home to Livingston on yeah. last night. And they, they ended up with a 2-2 draw, didn't they? And I, I, I just reading my colleagues' reports in the paper, I think Stephen Robinson was not a happy chap at all. He wasn't. I think Stephen Robinson's coming out every match now really angry and really disappointed with what's on offer at the moment. I think he's obviously expecting a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've been heavily tipped this season to do well, Motherwell. I think, yep. as we said at the start of the podcast, I think we can all agree, Motherwell have a really, really good squad, really talented team. And I think in terms of top six, they'd be probably put a decent bit of money down on Motherwell making that. But so far this season, it's just not clicked for them. Yeah, unless we actually said this off air, just we'll, we'll repeat it. I, I think on paper, Motherwell have a very, very good team. Uh, if you look at their starting 11, they do, what, yeah. what, what I think would be his starting 11, I, th- I think they have a very, very good side, but it just hasn't clicked yet. Uh, if, and it, you're about to tell me the prices probably, but I mean, just looking before we come on, I think Motherwell are 11 to four away at Hibs this weekend. So some people might have the the notion that this might be the weekend where they do get it together, but it's going to be very very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they're only taking what one point from their opening three, and they go to an Easter Road. You know, Hibs are absolutely flying. Um, yeah. Again, it'd be a brave man to back them, but <laughs> I think, again, off air, we kind of said it probably wouldn't surprise you if Motherwell did turn up on, on Saturday after kind of letting down punters for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, very much uh, with Hibs for this one. Um, I, I always, uh, this is a bit boring and geeky, but I always price up the games myself about on yeah. Wednesday. Um, and I priced this one up, Hibs 4-6. to six. Right. So they're evens in 19 to 20, and there was even one for them tonight going 21 to 20. So I think they're tremendous value at home this weekend. Yeah, yeah I agree with that, Jim. I think I saw 21 to 20 as well, and I think I'd probably have them kind of 4 to 5, 4 to 6, yeah. Yeah. Um, based on how they've started the season so far. Yeah, I would, I would go with that. Okay, as I say, we'll come on to that shortly. Um, one of the other teams that's made a good start to the season is Ross County. Two wins and a draw from their opening three fixtures. Um, and looking in decent shape already. They are, actually. So I think I, along with quite a few others, have um, tipped Ross County this season to struggle. Probably bottom two, bottom three. 
But so far, they've had a fantastic start. I think beating Motherwell on the opening game. They've then gone to Hamilton. Again, another tough place to go. And they've won 1-0 again. And 2 all last night at home to Kilmarnock. So they're going about their business quietly. But to take seven points from their opening three games, Stuart Kettlewell or De Gea, as he's now known, <laughs> um, he'll be absolutely delighted to have seven points on the board already. Yeah, especially when you see Hamilton, who are pointless in their first two. Um, you know, they'd be delighted to get a seven-point start on their uh, relegation rivals, if that's if that's where they're likely to be at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a great student of Stuart Kettlewell's hairstyles, but my 12-year-old <laughs> son did point out that it looks very much like De Gea. Uh, so I'll have to go along with that. Um, Ross County, I, I think they're going to be favourites for this one, just looking at the prices tonight. Um I haven't really got a handle on them yet this season. Uh, but, I mean, seven points out of nine, you simply cannot argue with that so far. Uh, with the wins over over Motherwell and Hamilton and then getting a draw against Kilmarnock. Uh, but again, you know, I, I'm just tending towards United in this one at nine to five. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be persuaded otherwise. Yeah, okay. tough game to call in terms of a winner, Jim. I wouldn't pick a winner out of these two teams. I've got an angle for this game. I think Ross County went about their business in the summertime very quietly. Yeah, There was a lot of kind of turnover and other clubs signing players and players leaving. But at Ross County, there didn't seem to be much happening. But I've looked through their squad. Got a really, really experienced team, especially in midfield. They've got Draper, Vigers, Gardine. And up front, they've got Billy Mackay, Lee Irwin. And a player who I do like the look of is Ross Stewart. Yeah. So I think so, I spoke about Ross Stewart last week um, on the podcast to score any time against Hamilton. He hit the post, unfortunately. Um, they obviously won 1-0, but he scored again last night. So that's two for the season so far, albeit both in the penalty spot. But I think he's going to have a cracking season, Ross Stewart. And I will be reckoning he'll probably score 15 goals this season for Ross County. Well, that's a big shout, but not unreasonable at all, Greg, I have to say. Yeah, and at the top of the table, there's already quite a... Story emerging. Um, Rangers have started the season three wins out of three. Good yeah. win against Aberdeen on the opening day of the season, and a couple of routine wins, I guess, uh, at Ibrooks, which has put them at the moment five points clear of Celtic, who are, of course, out of action this weekend due to the behaviour of their left back, Volleyball and Goalie, who has decided to take himself off to Spain for a wee break, come back, not tell anyone, and actually played at Rugby Park on Sunday. Um, subsequently, it was broken, I suppose, that he hadn't quarantined, hadn't told anyone, and as such, Celtic's two games following the game of Kilmarnock have been postponed, which means that there's no game for Celtic, uh, who should have been playing Aberdeen this weekend. Yeah, and of, of course, Rangers now go to Livingston uh, this weekend with the chance, uh, with the five points clear at the moment, so the, the chance to go eight points clear. And then the following week, if the Celtic game is indeed on, which I would expect now it should be, unless there's any other mess-ups. I was being polite there. <laughs> <laughs> so Rangers, I think, play before Celtic the following week. They do, yeah. yeah, they play Kilmarnock at home at three o'clock, I think, I know, and Celtic they, play at tea time. Yeah, an opportunity to go 11 points clear. Now, I'm not writing off Livingston completely this weekend, but since we're talking about that particular situation, then it is an astonishing position that Stephen Gerrard and his coaching staff find themselves in, which they could not possibly have expected to have that possible lead this early in the title race. Now, OK, you can say Celtic will have the games in hand, bearing in mind one of them's against Aberdeen, but ever since I was a kid, they ram it into you that points in the bag, points on the board, are the ones that matter. Correct. And going to have that massive advantage after three weeks of the season, which is so, remarkable. Paul and I had this conversation, um, I think, yesterday. And to have an 11-point lead, psychologically, it's, it's absolutely massive. You can't underestimate, as a Rangers player, especially as well in terms of their confidence, it, to be 11 points clear of Celtic. And as you said, Jim, Celtic very may well win their games in hand, and yeah. they probably will. They're still going to be two points behind. So yeah. come kick-off, I think Celtic play Dungeon United away on that Saturday. If they feel to, lo- feel to win that match, that's 11 points, and you're then looking at potentially, best-case scenario, 
a five-point gap going into September. So yeah. really exciting times, but as a Rangers player or a Rangers fan, you've got to be ecstatic of how the season started. Yeah, and I think the, the opportunity for Rangers is that the next two games are winnable games, you know, games that you'd expect them to win, albeit Livingston's a tough place to go, but Rangers have got a fairly decent record there recently. And yeah. is it Kilmarnock they play next week at home? Yeah, Kilmarnock at home next Saturday. You know, yeah. so there's no reason why Rangers shouldn't be taking let's, six points let's from be, six, let's, yeah. let's be brutally honest here, guys. We'd be amazed if Rangers don't take advantage of this opportunity yeah. and get six, another six points in the bag. Yeah, I'm expecting to do that. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it, for whatever reason it does go the other way, then it's going to be like this, I think, for the rest of the season. Advantage Celtic, yeah. advantage Rangers. Um, so it'll be interesting to follow the twists and turns, but um, it's, it's symptomatic of the eternal soap opera that is Scottish football, that there's, there's never a dull moment, is there? Well, let's not forget about Aberdeen's antics prior to that. So it was kind of double whammy, wasn't it, the weekend? Yeah. We had the Aberdeen game being postponed against St Johnston late on Friday afternoon. And obviously a few days later, the Celtic news breaks. So I think for Aberdeen and St Johnston, far from ideal start to the season for the, for them. Obviously Aberdeen are low in numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costco's out injured. They were missing Constantine through injury and through, sorry, through suspension. Yeah. And now um, they've got eight players who aren't going to play any football for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Added to that, they lost their opening game of the season as well. Yeah, so it's a really far from ideal start for Aberdeen. Um, I think they're going to really miss Cosgrove, and I know we touched upon that last weekend. But to miss their top goal scorer, especially in the Scottish Premiership, um, at any level, to be fair, it's a massive, massive blow. Um, so I don't fancy Aberdeen's chances. And I think just on the opening weekend of Scottish football, I think we did say that we thought Hibs were a good price at 7-2 yeah. to finish third. That 7-2 is looking very, very good at the moment. Just checking. To finish third, does that mean in the top three? <laughs> so we'd, we'd still get paid out for second. No, sorry. It's, I think it's without Celtic or Rangers, actually. Ah, you're right. Yeah, without Celtic yeah, Rangers, you're right. Yeah. 72, yeah. you're right. Okay, so, sorry, Jim. On that, I mean, since you, since you highlighted this particular situation, um, and I appreciate I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but I, I was astonished that the Aberdeen players were out on the town after <laughs> a defeat by Rangers. I was absolutely astonished. Now, I'll tell you something that was even more astonished by, and maybe I missed it, but I hadn't realised before the Kilmarnock game Celtic had been given four days off this think, early in the season. Yeah, I, I think that's been corrected to two days off. Right. Okay. I, I had originally seen four days off, and I was just thinking that's incredible. Right. I, so I still, I still find two days off challenging, um, given what's at stake this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, four days off would have been utterly ridiculous at this stage of the season, given that they've, they've had four months off effectively. Well, if, if that's the case, I take that back. But uh, I mean, it was widely reported four days. But if it was only two, then fair enough. But what was that chap doing getting on a plane from Presswick to go to Spain? <laughs> Absolute madness. Oh dear, oh dear. Madness. I think the Aberdeen fans also, to be fair to Aberdeen fans, I think one, they couldn't believe themselves that opening game of the season, being turned over by Rangers in terms of Aberdeen's performance is pretty poor, pretty weak. They've gone out in the town. So that's bad enough, to be fair, to start the season, going out yeah. in the town after being beaten by Rangers. But to do it, during a worldwide pandemic, yeah. just beggars yeah. belief. And yeah. I think Aberdeen fans would have fully accepted had the authorities decided that that match be forfeited and St Johnston would get the points. Says St Johnston fan. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's given us a, a good overview of where we're at currently uh, in the season. I guess the only other two things that I wanted to mention was Rangers. Uh, beaten 1 0 by Bayer Leverkusen last week. No shame in that, but that knocked them out of the Europa League. Sorry, calling it last season's Europa League campaign. Um, yeah. And Celtic begin their Champions League campaign this Tuesday with a one off home match against KR Reykjavik. So that'll be their first game back um, after that draw with Kilmarnock at the weekend. Um, and that sets it up nicely for this weekend's matches. So we'll just tackle them chronologically and alphabetically I suppose so the first one looks one of the, the trickiest ones of the weekends and, and Greg you were quite keen to highlight to me that all four fixtures on Saturday every team is odds against Yes it was the same last weekend all, I think all four games at the weekend last weekend 
um, on the Saturday anyway, where odds against. The bookies obviously finding it really difficult to separate these teams. And I, I agree that there's not a lot between the sides in the Premiership below Rangers and Celtic. So it's no surprise again. And I think we, we may see this over this weekend and next weekend where all sides in these sort of games are odds against and against no difference this weekend with some really right. tough games to call it. So the first game we're going to look at is the Hamilton v St Mirren one, but you're, pff, you're no not keen to have a look at it <laughs> no at <bet>. all. <laughs> this is a really tough game to call. Um, St Mirren, I believe, have recruited well in the summertime. They've tightened up the ship. Jim Goodwin doesn't give much away in terms of his side working hard, not conceding many goals. Um, for me, though, where do you go with this match, looking at it? Uh, Hamilton at home. And I think Hamilton, to be fair to them, they may have lost the opening two games, but they didn't perform badly at Celtic Park. No. Obviously, they got hammered 5-1. Yeah. I think you watched the match and agreed that Hamilton, in state in phases, performed really well. Yeah, I mean, as I said last week, they got plenty of bodies forward, um, actually created a couple of chances. And as much as they'd have been disappointed to lose 5-1, I don't think they'd have been disappointed with the performance at Celtic Park, despite the result. No, and I think they brought that into the, the next match against Ross County. Again, another really closely fought match. I think either side could have won that game. Um, so I think for this match for me, though, it's probably no bet. No result here would surprise anyone. <laughs> a home win or a win or a draw could very well be a draw. I guess St Mirren's worry is, can they score goals? They don't score a lot of goals. I think Obika will be a, a huge player for them this season. But I think St Mirren will do a lot of their good work at home. And I think both sides going into this game, both of them will fancy winning the match, getting the three points. But from a betting perspective, though, really difficult. I don't know what you think, Jim. I'm going to be very obtuse here because I'm going to disagree with you on your verdict, but agree with a lot of what you said about the actual uh, mechanics of the game. Uh, but in terms of uh, in terms of an outcome, uh, I am actually very sweet on St Mirren here. Um, now, before before the first game against Livingston, I took the view that St Mirren were to play Livingston and then they were to play Rangers and Celtic. Now, bear with me here. So, ha- could they beat Livingston? I thought they could. They won at 11 to 5. They had three points in the bag. Now, looking at those three games beforehand, if you'd said to Jim Goodwin, three points from Livy, Rangers and Celtic, would you take it? Absolutely. Right. Now, keep with me. (laughs) The Celtic game has now been cancelled. Okay. So, St Mirren now have a chance of beating Hamilton and having six points out of nine, which would be an astonishing start to the season. And I don't think that's been lost on Jim Goodwin at all. I think this is a major opportunity for St Mirren. I agree with you, there might not be many goals, but you only need one. And Hamilton don't look that good at scoring any. So I'm going to take the chance that St Mirren have had some opportunity so far that they haven't converted and they might just be the bet this weekend at 9-5. to five. I suspect that if we had David McDonald from Pine Bovril loan this week <laughs> um, instead of last week, then he would probably be all over it as well, Jim. He, he spoke very positively about St Mirren last yeah. week um, in terms of how they recruited and how Jim Goodwin sets up. Um, and he actually thought they would do okay at Ibrooks, um, yeah. which I guess I guess they did to a certain extent. Um, as you say, it's a game where they're not expected to take anything from in any case. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you make a, a good case for it. If I was to look at the matches this week and try and work out what bets Jim would go for, St Mirren at 9-5 would have been one of them. Because yeah. I know you like a bit of value, Jim. Um, yeah. I, I actually don't disagree with you. I think 9-5 for St Mirren looks really good. Um, it's not for me, but I can't disagree with that. I think to get six points out of nine um, straight away early in the season, that then leaves Hamilton without a win in three also, uh, bottom of the league. And yeah. nine to five does look big. I'm certainly with St Mirren, so... We'll chalk that one down for the Hamilton-St Mirren game then. Um, and we'll move on to Kilmarnock v St Johnson. Um, Greg, what have you got to say about St Johnson's uh... start <laughs> so I guess a couple of weeks ago, looking at this match, it probably would have been a match that I wouldn't have touched. I expected us to start the season fairly well. I think we had a decent pre-season. 
Callum Davison's come in and obviously taken over from the legend that is Tommy Wright. Um, but I guess there's been circumstantially, it's not been a great start for us. And I guess I'll explain the reasons why. We had three matches now postponed or cancelled. Uh, two of those games were friendlies. So St Mirren was called off. I think you can remember the, the backroom staff kind of tested positive or negative for COVID. So that friendly was postponed. We then had a second friendly lined up against Dungeon United. That was postponed also. And I guess most annoyingly, last weekend's match at home to Aberdeen was also postponed due to a COVID positive case in the Aberdeen squad. So preparation-wise, I really do feel for Callum Davison. Three games down, we then go to Ibrox last night. Big, massive, massive pitch. <laughs> Rangers have played, I believe, what, four friendlies two league games and a European match. So it was it was no doubt for me last night that Rangers would, would win the game comfortably, which they did. 3-0 uh, up after 50 minutes, and it could have been 4 or 5 to be fair in the end. But I think we're probably a couple of weeks away yet fitness-wise in this game. Kilmarnock have started the season a lot stronger than I thought they would. I think quite a few people maybe expected Kilmarnock to struggle this season. It is very early days. Um, they went to Hibs they lost 2-1 I don't think Hibs were in, in any danger of losing the match but yeah. again opening day of the season really tough place to go uh, Chris Burke is rolling back the years it's like a fine wine I think hmm. he's 37 this year I think Chris Burke he's now scored in all three matches um, they obviously got a cracking result last weekend against Celtic I, I don't think anyone expected Kilmarnock to get anything at all from that and got match. no credit for it Greg absolutely none, none whatsoever all you've read about is how poorly Celtic played. That's right, yeah. But to, to get a one-all draw against Celtic, especially obviously with Celtic starting the season really well, and going, what, 1-0 down as well, didn't they? Yeah. Um, to hold Celtic one-all again, must take great confidence from that match. They've then gone to Dingwall last night, and as I'll keep saying this season, Dingwall is not an easy place to go. Really difficult venue to go to. Ross can't start the season well. A 2 all draw, and I think they'll be happy with that. Yeah. So for me, for this match, um, it's difficult to see us getting three points in this game. I think Kilmarnock have got a really experienced team. They've started the season well. And I'll use a phrase that Tommy Wright used last weekend on off the ball. Um, we are undercooked. We are probably two or three games away from being at our mark sharpness due to no fault of our own, to be fair. So I, I think that can play into Kilmarnock's hand. Plus, Kilmarnock again, Rugby Park, plastic pitch, not an easy place to go. So in terms of the betting angle, wouldn't be touching St Johnston. I think Kilmarnock at six to four look fairly good value. I think they'll get great confidence so far from their start to the season, Kilmarnock. And I think we're a bit light in numbers in terms of our bench. Our bench last night was probably, in my view, the weakest bench that we've had at the club in at least three or four years. We're missing quite a few players. Stevie May's out injured. Davison's out injured. Looking a bit light in attacking options. And I, I think Kilmarnock could edge this. So in terms of the betting angle, not brave enough to take Kilmarnock at 6-4. to four, But a market I do like the look of is Kilmarnock double chance and over 1.5 match goals. And that pays even money with bet 365. Yeah, I like the sound of that, Greg. I have to say, I like the sound of that. I mean, I couldn't disagree with... Uh... Anything you said about St. Johnson, I mean, I, th- I feel sorry for them the way the cards have fallen. Um, the, the the draw at Tannadice wasn't a bad performance. I think you, you would agree with that? Yeah, we played really well second half to go down yeah. to 10 men. We did okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they played very well there. Um, Ibrooks against Rangers, what did MD expect? I'm not sure even people like yourself expected too much. Um, Kilmarnock for me, well, I also agree with you. They lost at Hibs, but they played very well. But as you said, they were Hibs were never in danger of losing the game, uh, despite Kilmarnock coming back into it. Um, the the one one draw with Celtic, I have to be honest, I, I was dipping in and out of the live game because I was following some racing somewhere. But I watched the highlights again. In fact, I've seen the highlights twice now. Um, I, I think Kilmarnock played extremely well. They didn't get the credit they deserved for the performance. Uh, it's a very good point for them. They built on that by getting another point against Ross County. Maybe. One or two of my mates said they should have won that game. I'll leave that open to debate. 
Um, but they've only got two points out of nine, despite three good performances. And I think Alex Dyer will, will be looking at this one as a real opportunity to get three points on the board, get that tally up to five. And um, I know you're reluctant to, to take six to four, seven to five, but I'm quite happy to take that price uh, for a Kilmarnock win. Uh, like you, I think it could be a narrow one. Uh, but Kilmarnock to win that game, six to four, seven to five, I think is fair. Chris Park, he scored in all three matches so far. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. It doesn't seem to me a long time ago that he was featuring as a as one of Rangers' bright young things coming through the academy on a TV. That's right. Yeah, it must have been must have been what twenty years ago. Um, but uh, Chris Park is still going well, still scoring goals. He's still a key member of that Kilmarnock team, and and I'm happy to take Kilmarnock at the price at home uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think. I think you're right about Kilmarnock at the weekend. I thought they, they set up really well to frustrate Celtic. And I thought Kibamba um, up top had a really good game um, against Julian. It looks as if they've got some options up front as well. And I think that's always been a concern for Kelly is where the goals are going to come from. Yeah, um, and that was my concern probably for Kilmarnock this season in terms of the boys they brought in. They have a tendency to bring quite a lot of guys up from England. A lot of unknown players that probably don't know too much about. But so far, that in terms of their kind of structure of that, that team got a lot of experience in that side um, and I, I think just so far this season they can maybe give us a, a little bit of a, a surprise in terms of how they'll start the season so far Okay so general consensus is that uh, we're looking at Kelly over St Johnson here Jim you're quite happy to take the 64 on offer with Kelly Greg you're looking at a, a bet builder on Kelly double chance and over one and a half yeah. and ap- Apologies goals. to all St Johnson fans listening this is the second time this week I've backed against us having back Rangers last night to score half-time and in the second half also. <laughs> they all know you're a secret Hibs fan anyway. So That's true, I, yeah, I wouldn't, indeed. Wouldn't <laughs> uh, okay, so that brings us on to what could be an entertaining game at Ross County v the United. Yeah, so this, this is a cracking game I think it will be on, on Saturday. It's going to take a brave man, maybe Jim's the brave man, to <laughs> call to a be. winner in this match. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Ross County, as I said before, I, I think most of us ha- probably assume that Ross County could very well struggle this season and they might very well do that but early doors they've had an absolutely outstanding start seven points from their opening three games is a, a great return and I think for me this match Dungeon United are a bit of an unknown still um, Dungeon United have come to the league done okay so far they've obviously gone to Motherwell last weekend and that was a massive win for them they performed really well in phases against St Johnston and to be fair against Hibs as well they were very competitive in that match also. So they'll be a good addition to the league. I think Dungeon United will finish mid-table quite comfortably. But in terms of this game itself, Dingwall, difficult place to go. But looking at Ross County's team, they've got experience right through it. And I think I mentioned at the start of the podcast, in terms of the midfield, you've got three guys there, in terms of Draper, Vigers and Gardine, who between the three of them have probably played hundreds of matches in the Scottish Premiership between them. Um, up front they've got options, they've got Lee Irwin they've got Billy Mackay who we know can score goals in the Premiership and also Ross Stewart who I spoke about at the start of the pods who I believe will be a great asset this season to to Ross County. So in terms of Dungeon United themselves Mickey Mellon's come in um, he'll be pleased with the start I think won't he? A draw, a defeat and a win uh, for United so far and I guess with any club coming up, it's always very important to get some points on the board early doors. And I think that they've done that so far with, with the four points they've collected. Um, in terms of their team, not sure what's happened to Shankland, if he's still injured. Is that the case? Well, they think he might be back for Saturday. Um, we, we shall see about that. Um, I'm not aware of a Dundee United news conference today. Uh, we might not find that out till tomorrow, but uh, I think Mickey Mellon was hopeful that he was going to be back for Saturday, unless either of you want to correct me. I've not heard anything myself. No, I haven't seen anything else, Jim. So I think for me, if he's back for United on Saturday, then that's obviously a massive plus point for them. Yeah, um, on, on Saturday, just past at Motherwell, neither Shankland nor Nicky Clark started the game. And that just testament to how good that victory was at Fur Park last week. Yeah. But they've done that They've gone there, got a, got a victory, uh, missing two two key players. So 
I think United will be very competitive in this game. I do like the look of Ian Harks in midfield. He looks like a cracking player. I'm looking forward to seeing him play a little bit more this season. So this match for me, in terms of the betting angle, Ross County at home, playing well. They've got goals up front in Billy Mackay and Ross Stewart. Fully expect Ross County to score here. However, that said, I do believe Dungeon United have got enough quality about them to get on the score sheet as well. So I don't often go for both teams to score, but I do fancy it in this match, and that'll be my selection and this weekend's nap. Uh, both teams to score between Ross County and Dungeon United, and that's currently eight to nine with VBet or four to five elsewhere. I, I like the both teams to score aspect of that. Uh, I do think both teams will score. Uh, I agree with you on uh, how well Ross County have played so far this season. Um, I mean, they have got four goals uh, to their credit. Seven points out of nine, absolutely fantastic. No argument with uh, that whatsoever. They must be delighted. I'm, I'm sure if uh, Stuart Kettlewell and his coaching team had looked at the games beforehand and been offered seven out of nine, they would have bitten their hand off to take that. Uh, Dundee United, I, I'm going to sound gung-ho here, and I'm not. <laughs> I, I honestly am. And I, I have the same maximum bet as I had 20 years ago. Uh, I'm not a gung-ho punter, but I, I want to back Dundee United this weekend. I really do. And I want to hear or read that Shanklin's going to be playing because I think they're they're capable of winning this game. Um, I think if you if you're Dundee United, I appreciate you've just come up from the Championship. Okay, let's not get away from that. But if you're Dundee United, there's something about being Dundee United, and I think if you go to Ross County, that's the kind of game that you must be looking at taking three points from. And I think they'll fancy this a little bit. And at nine to five, I think they're a little bit of value. Um, as I say, I want to back them. I want to hear that Shanklin's playing. Um, but I still think they might have enough about them in a game where there could be goals to get the victory. And, and I'm going to be happy enough, as I did last week, to go with United uh, at Motherwell to go with, despite that, I know they lost against Hibs and I know it was at home midweek, but I'm sure they'll have learned something from that game. Uh, they didn't play badly, I didn't think. I think they, they might be thinking, let's go to Ross County and let's get another three points on the board. That's my opinion, and I think at the price of value. We touched on earlier that you'd backed him last week. Jim, what tipped you towards them uh, at Fur Park last weekend, given that you know it was only was that the second game into the season? The big thing that tipped me uh, tipped me towards them last week was I thought that price was skewed. It, it was a crazy mm-hmm. price. Uh, Motherwell were priced up on being the third top team last season. Um, they, they, despite the fact they look very good on paper, they're not hugely experienced. I think Mickey Mellon uh, is a hugely experienced coach. I don't think that factor had been built into the price at all and thought uh, United were the value last week. And uh, as well as doing the treble in, in my column on a Saturday, I also do the Saturday single. And it's, it's actually quite rare that I make the headline bet the Saturday single because the headline bet's probably, you know, if you're down to your last tenner, that's the one you should back. But the Saturday single is one that's, I try and make that the outstanding value of the day. Yeah. As well as being the headline bet Dundee United, I thought they were also the outstanding value as a single at 13 to 5. And that's why I doubled up on that. Uh, so that was the reason for going for them last week. Um, this week, I'm hoping Shanklin's back to add even more to uh, Mickey Mellon's side. And I just think, without downing Ross County, I don't mean to sound as if, you know, what right have Ross County got to beat Dundee United, but... I think a club like Dundee United should be looking at the fixture list and thinking, well, there's a chance of getting three points. And I think Mickey Mellon, despite he's only just come into Scottish football um, as an outsider in terms of, not because he's not Scottish, but as an outsider in terms of he spent his whole career down south, uh, I think uh, he'll have talked to a few people and thought, let's go to Ross County and let's get something. Now, OK, a point might be deemed a good result, uh, but I think they're worth backing to get the victory. That's That's my take on it. Does that still stand if Shankland doesn't make it for you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I want to back United. I'd, I'd be even more confident if Shankland okay. was playing. Not that he's he's God's gift or anything, but he, he does bring something to the team. He's an undoubted goal scorer. They might have to change their, uh, not their formation, but just their, their style of play slightly uh, if he's not playing. But I'm still going to go with United, with or without Shankland, but even more confident, especially at that price, if he's playing. Yeah, I see United are 10 to 11 in a draw, no bet market. That might appeal yeah. to some people as well. Yeah. 
Okay, so both teams to score for Greg and Dundee United to win in Dingwall for Jim, which takes us on to our 5.30 kickoff, which is live in Sky Sports and arguably a match of the weekend in the Scottish Premiership, and it's Hibs at home to Motherwell. Yeah, it was a cracking match, this one. Obviously, my Hibs strip's on its way as well, <laughs> along with quite a few other strips from Europe over the last few months. But again, it's difficult to oppose Hibs here. They start the season really, really well. Motherwell haven't. Motherwell, as we said, have a really disappointing start this season, Motherwell. In terms of sides in the league this season so far, I think Motherwell, we expected bigger things from them so far. And on paper, I think as Jim said also, they've got a crack inside Motherwell. It's just not clicked for them yet. It may very well do on Saturday, but looking at Hibs at home, the start they've had, the fact they're joint top, they will be full of confidence this Saturday. Um, and at home, for me, I think Hibs, again, the value sits here with Hibs. There's probably a couple of ways in which you can look at this game. I think Hibs to win the match outright um, is obviously just a shade above even still, or 21 to 20, yeah. which I think is terrific value. And I think, as Jim's called it as well, in terms of his pricing of this match, based on how these two sides have started the season so far, Hibs should not be odds against, odds on, odds against, sorry. They should be around the four to six, four to five mark for me. So, as you know, I do prefer goals rather than the win. So, I think for me in this game, Motherwell have been shipping goals. Hibs have got an array of attacking options. So, we've got Horgan. If Scott Allen starts, he's on the bench. Potentially, he can come on and create something. They've obviously got Nisbet, who scored a hat-trick last weekend. So not bad making that jump from the championship to the premiership and scoring a hat-trick on your second appearance. So he'll be full of confidence. Uh, Christian Doidge, who started the season last year, um, how should we put it? Horrendously. Horrendously, that's a good way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Ross came in, though. Jack Ross came in and he essentially went on a a goal-scoring run. Yeah, Yeah. he he was outstanding. So he scored a lot of goals last season. You've also got Boyle, who mm. I think will be a big player for yeah. Hibs this season. Uh, I think Jim mentioned probably two or three Hibs players on his radar for this game. But I think attacking-wise, there's goals in this Hibs team. They're at home. They're full of confidence. So I'm happy to take Hibs to score two goals in this match at even money. We spoke pre-podcast, Greg, about this bet and I uh, had just kind of flagged up about bet 365s. Um, was it two goals up and they pay out on a game and that's something that has worked for me in a, a few bets recently because um, you were kind of humming and hawing over whether to take Hibs to win or whether to score the two goals so you've obviously opted for the goals option as opposed to Hibs Yeah, I think you've got the safety there of Motherwell actually coming to Easter Road on Saturday uh, evening and giving them a game Mm-hmm. So last season, obviously it's last season, but looking at Hibs' home games, Hibs scored two or more in nine of their last 11 home games, which is a pretty good record. Um, I, I do expect Hibs to win this match, and I think they will. And to your point, you can back Hibs with bet 365, and if they go two goals up, that will pay out. And that's what yes. happened against Kilmarnock yeah. on the opening day. So I was delighted to see them go 2-0 up. Um, then see, obviously, Kilmarnock score a a free kick right in half time by that point the bet was paid out which yep. was great but for happy this game days. for me though I'm happy to take Hibs to score two goals I think they've got goals in them in, in this Hibs side and if they win the match I do feel they win the match by scoring at least twice OK fair enough your thoughts Jim? Yeah just on that bet 365 uh, two goals up and collect um, I, th- I think up until middle of last season they, they, they restricted that to English Premier League and maybe they did um, and about halfway through, I think, well, I was I was certainly one person who kicked up a stoosh um, because I, I lost out on a bet where a, a, a Scottish team were 2-0 up and, and ended up drawing and I thought I'd collect and I didn't. It's probably Hibs, Jim. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. Um, but they, they, they've, since, they've since extended it to the Scottish Premiership, which is a great thing. I mean, you, you know yourself, guys, if you're sitting on a Saturday with a with a, maybe a line of five at bet 365 and three of them are 2-0 up, yeah. You know, you're you're more than halfway there without having to worry about the next forty minutes. Yeah. Um, but uh, w- whether Hibs go two 0 up or not, I, I think they'll win the game. Um, although I do like that price that Greg highlighted about um, the, just a, a second ago. 
Um, I'm, I'd be very confident they'd win the game. Um, as I said, I thought maybe four to six, and it might it might yet be four to six by Saturday, to be honest. Uh, but tonight, certainly, I saw a bit of twenty-one to twenty, and some there was a bit of on odds checker. There was a few blues down to nineteen to twenty. So it's just it's starting to slide odds on, uh, but still plenty of even money. A little bit of twenty-one to twenty. Um, I've certainly already taken a bit of that, so I don't need to worry. Um, I, I fancy Hibs to win this game. Um, Motherwell, I mean, you know, would we be really surprised if, if they suddenly came good? No, we wouldn't. But uh, against the Hibs side, which is absolutely flying, I, I know that there's no crowd at Easter Road, but they're going to be walking onto Easter Road pitch uh, this weekend. 5.30 kickoff live on the telly, chest puffed out. I, I think they'll go and win this game. I think they'll win it well. And I, I think at the price, even at that price, it's very good value. Yeah, and a chance to go back to the top of the league. Rangers don't play until Sunday, so uh, we spoke a lot about, you know, if you're offer managers certain positions um, at the start of the season after three or four games, then I certainly don't think anyone at Easter Road would knock back um, being top of the league at this stage of the season already. Yeah. Just on that point, Jim, about the prices, obviously. So as we know, the Scottish Premiership is centre stage at the moment. Yeah, for me and for most of us anyway, in terms of people putting a bet on on the Saturday. Obviously, there's other European leagues live at the moment, but in terms of UK-based bettors, they will be looking at the Scottish Premiership to put their bets on. And yeah. I think maybe the point there that come Saturday, there's absolutely no chance that Hibs will be anywhere near even money come three o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it very well could be. Yeah. It could be could be less than four to six. Could be four to seven. Yeah, because people I, will I, see Hibs as top of the league doing well. And a lot of people will back them blindly as a top of the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my gob was well and truly smacked when they were selling good money <laughs> in twenty-one to twenty tonight. <laughs> um, I, I do think though they've started going odds on. I think they'll be odds on, and and you couldn't really argue if you if you're getting four to six, eight to thirteen uh, this weekend. Uh, but let's let's take the twenty-one to twenty and evens while we can. Yeah, uh, because I, I think at that price they're a, they're a really solid home win. And I guess that's probably the point I'm trying to make in terms of people listen to the podcast and try to put their bets on please don't wait and we obviously we've been trying to echo this view on the podcast for well since we started last august yeah. try and get your bets on as early as possible especially um when there's fewer games on and we know that this 21 to 20 will be eaten up <laughs> come saturday yeah i'd say nine times out of ten greg the prices that we quote on a podcast go off much shorter yeah, and that's not because we're always right, but no. it's because we're obviously it's just the market moves that way. Yeah. And get them on early doors, yeah. Yeah. Okay, which brings us on to the last game of the weekend and that's Rangers visit to the Tony Macaroni Stadium in Livingston. Um I guess this looks like a, a probably a straightforward win for Rangers, which makes it potentially quite a difficult betting event for us. Yeah, there's not much. I've not had a proper look at this match in terms of trying to find an angle. Obviously, Rangers will be very short. I think they're what one to three in places to win this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plenty of four to eleven, Greg. Is there? So yeah. you can definitely back that up in terms of a, a bet builder sort of bet with Rangers goals or corners. Um, obviously, I highlighted Rangers corners last week and this week in terms of being at home. Still, I guess the jury's out on how they get on away from home. I fully expect Rangers to dominate this match. Livingston have started the season, I guess, disappointingly, based on how they got on last season. And, and I guess that's why, I think I pointed out last week on Twitter as well, Livingston were the price they were last weekend against Hibs, purely based on last season's form. And I think we can agree on that's yeah. why they were such a short price against Hibs last week. And yeah. Hibs were so big. So Rangers coming here, I think Stephen Gerrard will have them fired up. Every game at the moment for them is massive when Celtic are not playing at the moment and to get that psychological edge of moving a further three points clear I would be absolutely amazed and stunned if Rangers didn't win this game by a couple of goals so you've potentially got the handicap market to look at now I'm not a massive fan of handicap betting but I may have a look at Rangers minus one Um, not seen a price for it yet unfortunately but I think for me I'm going to have a look at this game in terms of Rangers to win and potentially some Rangers corners if we can get some decent value and decent corner counts. Nothing daft, hopefully something around the, the five or six mark um, doubled up with Rangers to win the game. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the lazy rhetoric here is that Livingston are really good on their unique plastic pitch. 
and eight to one's a bit of value, and even four to one the draws a bit of value. But do you know the God's honest truth? Rangers should romp this at four to eleven, and they look the best odds-on shot of the season so far at that price. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, Jim. It's really difficult to see how Livingston can get anything from this match, even being at their best on Saturday, on Sunday, Livingston. Yeah. They're still not going to be good enough to, to match, I think, Rangers. There's, just, there's so much at stake for Rangers. I mean, this season, Celtic and Rangers fans understand this better than anybody. There's so much at stake this season. Now, OK, it's it's a bit false at the moment when there's no crowds and we're having to rely on highlights with ridiculous sound effects. I mean, what is that all about? <laughs> I mean, Rangers go to Livingston uh, this weekend knowing that Celtic have been our idol. OK, it wasn't the club's fault, but idle due to one of the club's players and they have a, an absolutely superb chance of really piling the pressure on Celtic in the title race. Now they also know that everybody thinks they bottled it last year. Everybody thinks they bottled it after Dubai. So they have got a point to prove over the next couple of weeks and if they don't prove it on Sunday to be honest, they never will. I think they have to win that game on Sunday. I think they will win that game on Sunday. You can imagine the um, team talk before the match, Jim, in the changing room, Stephen Gerrard, and even this week on the training field. He'll be drilling into those players just how important it is on, Saturday, on Sunday to get three points. Every game for them at the moment is almost like a cup final. They have to win every game, put the pressure on, and take it from there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think... Gerard's been through the mill so many times with Liverpool. He's had a couple of years at Rangers. He might have made one or two mistakes last season. I think he'd even admit to that when he sits down. Once he leaves, maybe not just now, but once he leaves, he maybe sit down and admit to a couple of mistakes. Goodness knows what went on in Dubai. There's all sorts of rumours. Um, but after Dubai, they weren't the same team. They simply were not the same team. Uh, but this season, they have started very well. You have to be honest and say that. They have started extremely well. This situation with Celtic has fallen into their laps and they have to take advantage of it. And I'd be amazed if they don't take further advantage of it on Sunday at Livingston, despite what everybody says about Livingston's pitch. So Livingston, sorry, Rangers minus one, Greg, on the handicap are 11 to 10, bet 365. That for me is a massive price, to be fair. Given That's how, big, yeah. Given how Rangers started the season so far, given how Livingston have started the season as well, and given how important this game is for Rangers to win, 11-10 to 10 looks really big. Yeah, they also point out that Livy have only scored once in their last seven against Rangers. So you would expect a couple of goals might be enough to land that bet. Yeah, and I think as well, I think it's worth pointing out, Rangers went to France for pre-season. They had two really cracking results, I think, against Lyon. And it might have been Nice... Can't quite remember, but they had two really good results across in France. They've then played a further two friendlies back home. They've then now played three league games, and they've also played Bayer Leverkusen, mm-hmm. who, let's be honest, are a cracking team, really strong German side. Although they got beat 1-0 and they weren't in the match much, still they've played eight matches this season. And I, I just think in terms of fitness as well, they'll be a lot sharper than Livy too. Yeah, yeah it's a fair yeah. point. OK, good stuff. I think that probably covers all the games for the weekend. Um, could you guys just give us a wee recap of your tips for the weekend then start with yourself, Greg? Yeah, so I guess first up for me is Ross County versus Dundee United and I'm taking both teams to score and that's currently 8-9 to nine with VBET. Uh, I think it's 4-5 to five in most other places. Um, next up is Kilmarnock at home to St Johnston. I'm going to take Kilmarnock double chance and over 1.5 match goals and that is even money with bet365 and finally I'm taking Hibs to score two or more goals at home to Motherwell at even money Okay, well um, looking through them I'll save my uh, any combinations for the Scottish Sun on Saturday but uh, look at, looking at the games I'm very much with St Mirren at Hamilton at 9-5 to five. Um, I think we're all agreed on Hibs at home. Uh, the current even money, average even money, is very good indeed. Hibs to beat Motherwell. Uh, I'm with Kilmarnock to beat St Johnson at around 7-5, to 6-4. to four. 
Um, I'm taking a chance. I think everybody would agree on Dundee United at Ross County, but I think they're worth taking the chance at nine to five. Uh, and I cannot see Rangers losing at four to eleven at Livingston. And uh, just what Paul said there about bet three six five. What was it, Paul? Eleven to ten minus eleven to ten minus one. Yeah. That that sounds fantastic. So there we go. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, so that probably just wraps everything up for this weekend, this week on the Scottish edition of the Gambler podcast. Uh, we've already recorded the Norwegian edition of the Gambler podcast with David Weatherston. So that's available on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, you name it, wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, so make sure you give that a listen. First tips on that podcast uh, kicks off at 5pm on Friday. So get a wee listen to that before kick-off. There's games Friday, Sunday and Monday covered on the podcast there, so give it a listen. Um, and don't forget you can follow the guys on Twitter. Greg is at Browning84 and Jim is at Jim Delahunt, so make sure you follow both guys. There's plenty of betting and Scottish football chat from both gentlemen on their Twitter feeds and of course you can follow our own Twitter account at Gambler Tips if, you don't, if you're not already doing so and that's us for this week, a huge thanks to Jim for joining us, it's been an honour and a privilege Jim, thank you very it much has. I'm, I'm not sure about that but thank you for having <laughs> me uh, it's, it's been a wonderful uh, little uh, half hour or so, thank you no, we've really enjoyed it and hopefully get you back on the podcast very soon. Um, <laughs> if at all you're inclined to, to join <laughs> us again. Um, good luck with your bets this weekend. And of course, big thanks to Greg once again for your tips this weekend and best of luck with your bets. Yes, thank you. Good luck. Thanks, guys.